1: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is about doing the work. It's not about what the people on the other side of the table or the other side of the camera think about what I'm doing. It's about me being completely connected to the material that I'm doing. And then it's satisfying for me. Then I'm like, I just did a day's work.
0: Hello, I'm Justin Belguarini, and you are listening to Audition Secrets, the the behind-the-scenes podcast that helps you nail more auditions and book more jobs. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. We've got a great show for you. Before we get there, I do want to say thank you very, very much for being a part of the Audition Secrets family. Those of you who have gone to AuditionSecrets.com, gotten my free book, I just want to thank you very much. Those of you who are listening from week to week to week, I thank you, this is so awesome. I'm getting such a great response and we're trying to spread the word. So if you can take a screen grab of this podcast, the image that you see on your phone and put it up on your social media, tell people about it, that would go a huge way to getting the word out to making sure that we reach more people, give them more audition secrets. If you hashtag it with audition secrets, hashtag audition secrets, I can actually see what you're doing and I can respond to you all across social media, I would really, really appreciate that. All right, enough yakking. I want to get to the show. Laura Bell Bundy, the amazing Laura Bell Bundy, is my guest, and we had such a fantastic conversation. Some of the things that you can look forward to hearing in this interview are, one, Laura unpacks some of the similarities and differences between theater and television and film in her experience because she has done all of them and done them all quite well. Not a lot of people know that Laura Bell Bundy had to have some major vocal surgery, and we talked. About that night. It just scares the living hell out of me when it comes to any sort of surgery around my vocal cord. But she had it. She tells you uh, her experience about it and also maintaining your instrument, your body, and your voice, and how intense of a process that was for her. Also, knowing your strengths and your not so strengths. <laughs> the two of us have a really good time laughing about being actors that move and not dancers and some of the crazy uh, dance calls that we've been to. And then at the very end or towards the end of the show, the interview she reveals her auditioning philosophy. So make sure that you stick around and listen for that. It's a great show, it's a great interview. I'm just gonna get right to it. So, without further ado, here's my interview with the fun, spunky, talented, wonderful, Laura Bell Bundy, enjoy.
1: (laughs) Hi, how are you? Yeah, I'm fine, how are you? I'm
0: doing really well, thank you so very much for uh, taking the time. And of course. I love
1: your Dr. Pepper commercials.
0: Oh, thank you very much. You know that's so fun. I think I think the first time we met actually was when I was in LA filming for one of those commercials and uh it was at the rap party of anger management i think that's the first time we actually
1: met oh my god
0: speaking of anger management speaking of the time that you spent there how do you keep your head on straight when you're not only dealing with the pressures of everything that comes with being on like a networked tv show but also with a castmate who is let's just say uh can be a challenge
1: well here's the thing i'll say about charlie is that When he put his work hat on, he was the best that he, he was the best, Hmm. like he was better than anybody, you know, because he loves to work and his comedic timing is brilliant. And he was never one of those people that had to figure out how to land his jokes. It was just so natural. Whereas like the rest of us are in the corner trying to make the jokes work. Um, it, it just, it was just natural. He just had a lot. He had, he's in every scene almost. And so he had a lot, he had a lot of material and we were covering. Typically we were, the the plan was to cover two episodes a week. Wow. It's hard
0: enough to cover one episode a week and you guys jam two in there. Two.
1: Right. So, yeah. So you think like two and it's like, 45 pages of dialogue and it's multicam, which means it's all rhythmic. You can't really improvise um, if you want to land like the punch of the joke. And so he's, you know, he's spending a lot of time going back and forth between his trailer and, and with a line coach trying to drill this stuff. And that was never the issue. Um, It was really that he had uh, an exciting and, uh, and, uh, and, social life outside of work
0: Sure. how do you tune out all of that stuff because like you said you're in the middle of not only trying to do one show a week and I think maybe there might be a misconception like oh here we go it's a multi-cam shoot whether they're on film and television or whatever you can always cut you can but but Look, I have not done that much television work, but when I have done it, there is still a tremendous amount of pressure. Even though you can stop, even though you can go and fix mistakes, I mean, you got to hit it, and and you're trying to do yeah. two shows in a week, yeah. which is like, I mean, it goes beyond nine to five,
1: and yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Schedule. So how do you how do you manage to focus when all of that craziness is going on around you?
1: Well, um, I don't know. I, I feel like I kind of do well in chaos. And, um, and I, <laughs> I think the big thing was like the, the, what I meant about Charlie's social life is because of what was going on outside of work. Sometimes he would be three hours late to set, or he would, um, have something go on and we would cancel a day of work. Right. What that actually allowed me was more time to go over my material <laughs> and, I got used to having a little extra time to go over the material. Um, And, you know, yes, there's, I didn't feel like it necessarily affected anything that Charlie did ever really affected my performance, except for to give me more time. And, and I really enjoyed being his scene partner because it, we have a very similar um, rhythm, Mm. like a very similar, like, when you're doing a scene with somebody and they're biting, it's like, we had a very good rhythm with each other and it was always pretty solid when we got it. And so uh, we went through scenes pretty quickly when we both knew our lines (laughs) and, 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 and we had a great chemistry. So, so in that way, like that was like, amazing. I love that. You know, there was other things to navigate, but I always had a book or something to read or a script. I was, I was like writing scripts in my trailer in the downtime. I came up with like a whole movie concept and, you know, so I worked on that stuff, you know, so did Michael Arden. He was in his trailer, like, making shit happen and becoming a director and you know
0: i know right i mean just amazing to think that during you want to talk about (laughs) focusing during all the chaos my god i mean what happened after uh that show for him was just insane but you know speaking of like challenging moments it's like you've had a fantastic film career you've had a fantastic television career and you've also had a fantastic broadway career have you ever found any of those kinds of challenging moments like that in your Broadway experience and how have you managed to push through them and deliver eight shows a week
1: well i i've never it, with my broadway experience i've never really had the challenge of um you know the personal life of an actor really um i've had my own personal life um, Which is you know a to, in New York to deal with while i'm while i'm doing a show right. Um, but I actually find that the fuel I get from my personal life, wh- whether it be positive or negative, it, 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 it helps my performances. So, um, I think the biggest challenge for me with, with eight shows a week, depending was, was some body part breaking down, mm. you know, cause you know how you use w- when you're doing a show and you have choreography and you're using the same, muscle on one side or the same joint. So in hairspray, it was my knees because right. it was a lot of jumping and in heels. Right. Um, and then in, in legally blonde, it was my voice, you know, it was my vocal muscles, sure. um, in in trying to sing through that whole thing in those keys eight shows a week plus press and not really getting the days off the days off really weren't days off and that it was a a real rapid schedule in terms of like rehearsals taking out of town going to Broadway Tony season and And just all of that was like back to back to back to back. So there wasn't any room to rest.
0: No. And I think what a lot of people don't realize is that Tony's season is like basically what you did on anger management, trying to do two. It's like trying to do 16 shows a week. You know what I mean? Instead of eight. Because not only are you trying to just keep up with your regular workload, but you're having to do press. You're having to show up to all these events. You're having to, in essence campaign for the yeah. Tony season and yeah. like it, it, it yeah. is unbelievably stressful and I remember like for example in Wicked there's the raked stage in Wicked and the body oh, yeah. is really amazing machine that when you start to wear out a certain muscle other muscles will compensate <laughs> for it but then those <laughs> muscles will get and it's just like this this horrible domino effect that if you don't rest or and if you don't get PT or take care of yourself then you end up being wrecked and literally for like three or four months after just doing wicked other shows i've had challenges but like just doing wicked from swinging out on the rope and doing all my shoulders ached my knees i had strange i had this patch that still happens every once in a while in my quad that it literally is like this rectangular patch in my quad that just goes numb for no apparent reason and I know there's something to do with the show. I mean, I'm okay. I can still perform. It's great. But like, I just think like, oh my goodness. And somebody one time said to me, oh, well, it must be nice. You only have to perform three hours a night. And my head almost exploded because I, was like, right. I have no idea what goes a what goes into that three hours. And then everything that you have to do before and after that three hours in order to be able to maintain eight shows a week. So I totally feel it.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. That is, I always compare it to like being an athlete, right? Yeah. So you have to warm up your body and then your body's ready. And then you have to cool down your body and right. whether you're like icing, you know, uh, your body or, you know, the physical therapy that you had to do, like depending on the show and depending on, you know, which body part it affects. Right. Um, I'm, I'm doing, phys- I'm at least doing one session of physical therapy a week acupuncture, just general to stay healthy, to sure. not get a cold or to address any issues. I I saw, and by the way, you should see an osteopath if mm-hmm. you've never seen for your quad, because it sounds like what has happened is a bit of a pinched nerve, which is why you're feeling the numbness. Yeah. And you may have just a little bit of muscle out of place that you could get realigned and an osteopath will do that for you.
0: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so, I know you played a doctor on <laughs> anger management, but I'm, I'm <laughs> getting uh, <laughs> getting doctor advice from Laura Bell Bundy. I love it. Medical. <laughs> That's, that's awesome. Well, okay. So, then speaking of those challenging moments where you got to warm up and warm down. Um what was What did you do or what have you done when you had those vocally challenging moments doing eight shows a week playing L? And just the challenge of that. How do you maintain because I'd love for my listeners to get Some of the the insider tips and secrets from some of the shiny folks that I talk to Because I mean this happens eight shows a week And then you know if you look at regional theaters or like even church theater or local theaters Sometimes you're doing two shows a day. You do the dreaded high school show show in the morning so yeah you maintain your voice when you are having to perform at a high 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 level and and wearing down throughout the week
1: yeah i think everybody's different right and everybody has a different schedule to contend with and as you know even going out on the road as a pop singer you have that that like sometimes early morning radio and then the late night show and you got that four days in a row and then you have a little bit of a break right I found that sometimes being on the road as a musician was easier because I knew I was going to have that three days off where my vo- voice could repair. When you're, you know, when you're doing eight shows in six days, sometimes five, depending, and you don't have the full twenty four hours to rest the vocal cords. According to uh, a speech pathologist and a, and a vocal doctor I had talked to at one point, thirty six hours of not speaking at all can do incredible repair to your voice. Amazing. That's a general rule. Now, you don't always get that when you're doing um, show after show after show, but you could get close to it if you didn't talk. So when I would lose my voice, I would uh, and I knew I had a show the next day, Mm -hmm. um, I would shut up. The other thing that I found incredibly helpful is body work, Mm -hmm. um, getting laryngeal vocal massage, osteopathy, cranial sacral, things like that, um, because sometimes... Uh, when your bo- when your body is tight, your neck muscles are tight, your shoulder is tight. You could have something going on in your leg, and it's affecting your voice. When you release that stuff, it 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 drops the tension in the neck, which allows your your voice to move. And then, in addition to that, I was doing like, you know, vocal exercises and vocal um, classes with you know diff- various teachers, and. And using vegetable glycerin drops in my water because water can actually essentially be a bit drying. So I'll put a little of those in my uh, water and sometimes licorice drops, which are helpful. And then anything else that's anti-inflammatory, but not too anti-inflammatory like Advil, because then you can actually have a vocal bleed. So, I mean, it's all it's I mean, it is the things going through uh, clearly the things going through my head and the things that I've tried and trial and error. And I will say, I'll be honest with you. I ended up having to get vocal surgery Mm -hmm. because I had, um, I had vocal hemorrhaging and, Mm -hmm. um, and I had a little nodule and I went to Dr. Steven Zytel's Mm -hmm. who is in Boston and, um, he did Adele's surgery and, a bunch of other people that don't want to be mentioned. <laughs> oh, course, yeah. You, you would be surprised how many singers have gone to this guy and gotten surgery that you, you'd be like, Oh shit. I didn't know they had a, and, and it's, it's not normal to use your voice that much. No. Um, and he, I had doctors telling me nothing was wrong with me and I knew something was wrong with no. me. And he was the only person with a camera good enough to figure out there was something. Wow. And then I, it, it was the best so thing I ever scary, did.
0: But it must have been so scary because like, you look at you know, the stories like uh, Julie Andrews. Julie Andrews, you know, yeah. Like, where like just bought and someone who had uh, just an unbelievable gift that was just taken away. And so, okay, so you had that surgery and it just scares the living heck out of me to even think about that. Even at times yep. when I have completely blown up my voice, been on tour out in the pop world and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, what am I supposed to do? Um, Going in and having surgery is that last ditch effort. It is. So I mean, you went in, and I'm sure you were scared. But what gave you what gave you hope that you were going to come through it?
1: Well, here's the thing: you said last ditch effort. I had lost a lot of my vocal range, and I was also having this like little pocket where, like, I couldn't get. I would, I would start to squeak and then I could get above it, but I could, but there was like that. And so I just lost a lot of my vocal range. And as a person who's been singing their entire life, you feel like you lost yourself. You lost your ability to express yourself. And I didn't realize like how much of a little bit of a low grade depression that had given me throughout the years that I struggled with that. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was so painful that the surgery was less painful. Do you see what right, I'm saying? Like sure, it was worth it was worth it to go. I can't do this anymore, yeah. and I don't know in this position how it would be able. T- I would be able to do eight shows a week having this issue, and um, and then him being able to identify specifically what it was that he could go in, and he had done these other singers. Oh. I was nervous. I said some prayers before I went in on the operating table. Like, Lord Jesus, please. Right. Do not take a take it away, but he is so good and he's so cocky that I trusted him. <laughs> and, That's great. Uh, you know what? Listen, bedside manner. Fuck it. If you're <laughs> if he's a cocky doctor and he knows he's good, I don't care how nice he is. Especially to me. Like, if all like, those
0: big people are going to him. You yeah, know you hell doing yeah. Doing something right.
1: Stephen Tyler brings him on the road. I'm like, hello. Yeah. If that yeah. man at that age is singing those notes, come yes. on. So, um, I did it and it, I tell you, Justin, it was the best thing I ever did. It repaired way more than I even imagined it wow. would. He was even Steven I was like, Hey, I got in there and I saw some other stuff and I took care of that too. And Amazing. I was like, what? um, and I was given back these notes and this tone and this thing that I thought was forever go- gone. Wow. And it, and I. I didn't re- that's when I moment I-, I realized like, Oh my God, I've been depressed because I'm so happy. I'm like singing all, the time. yeah, And I wasn't doing that anymore. I had lost uh, yeah, sure a sense then, of
0: that. Ugh, ugh, I can't even begin to imagine. I mean, I've lost my voice, but never to that extent. And knowing that it is such a part of who I am, such a part of who you are, you're right. It's like, you feel like you just have some sort it's like you're missing the lower half of or the upper half of your body. And you're just walking yes. around this sort of this disembodied thing. Okay. So, um, I'm glad that you did that. Was How long was the recovery on that, by the way?
1: Oh, it was. Um, so I had to be totally silent, I think, for four weeks. How? Did um, you
0: do, first of all, how did you do? How does anybody do that, by the way? But how did you do that? How did you get through that?
1: How, but the thing is, how did I do it? Because I love to talk. Mm-hmm. OK, yeah. Um, so. Uh, yeah, it was hard, but it was also. Uh, I had projects, you know, I was going to do some like art projects. I did some stuff where I was like refinishing some furniture. Mm-hmm. I always had like either a whiteboard or a notepad with me. I texted a lot. Like I would text my husband who was sitting right next to me. Mm-hmm. Um, or, and definitely the computer texting is really helpful. Sure. Um, and, and I like discovered how much we say unnecessary things we don't need to be saying what is the most important thing for you to actually say sure. and then you just don't say a bunch of other bullshit yeah. and it, it was so it was almost like a, a spiritual experience um, thing. yeah yeah and uh and you know i've, I've totally forgotten it now but um <laughs> it's amazing how but, we can
0: learn these amazing lessons and then just like forget them <laughs> throw them
1: right later. out yeah. the window right, yeah right just...
0: the same way we always were yeah
1: whatever <laughs> uh So, so then it, then it took a while. Then it was like, okay, now I'm beginning to speak again. Now I'm humming again. Now I'm doing some like very specific vocal exercises and it was like, okay, you can talk, but you can only talk for 10 minutes every hour or, and then it was like, yeah. And then you, if you talk for an hour, then you have to not talk for two hours. So like this went on for like weeks to two months after that of, not talking too much and then doing certain vocal exercises to make sure that you did those in the morning to, wow. you know, and I didn't really, really feel like the full, it took, I feel like six months till I was like, Oh shit. Wow, This is amazing. but I did notice a huge difference after two months. Right. I mean, right away, honestly. Right. But, um, when I was first allowed to sing again, I noticed it. Yeah. i was like oh my god it just feels but right. then like
0: you got a tune up
1: <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that's awesome. it's a muscle it's like you haven't used the muscle in a long time and you got to retrain that muscle and build that muscle back up yeah. that's the same exact thing yeah
0: for sure for sure well speaking of singing auditions the name of the show is audition secrets yes. and auditions <laughs> are a necessary evil but do you have any either crazy funny or horror audition auditions yes. from your time
1: I mean, I have gone on so many damn auditions in my life. I I have, I started like in this business at six years old. Mm -hmm. So try to go through the, the, the (laughs) audition Rolodex in my head is like hard, Uh you know, to find, I have had good auditions, bad auditions. I figured out a little bit of a philosophy for some auditions Mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. Um, I, my, my biggest horror story audition was I was auditioning for, I believe it was Oklahoma years ago. It was either Oklahoma or something else, but Grazia Danielle was the choreographer. And at the time I was like 17 and my mom was sort of still involved in my career. And she was like, you should go to this dance audition. And I'm like, no, I don't really feel into it. And she's like, do it. Right. I'm like, all right, okay. And you don't I go to no the to mom when she gets like that. No, you don't. Yeah. No. I, uh, yeah, that took a long time to yeah. figure out how to communicate no to my mother. Right. Um right. but so uh I <laughs> That's a whole
0: nother podcast. We could do a whole, That's nother a whole episode just on yeah. saying no to your parents.
1: <laughs> yeah, if it ain't one thing, it's your mother. Right. <laughs> um so so uh anyway, um, I go to this audition. It's a dancer call. I'm going to be real honest with you, Justin. I am a mover. Hello. I Listen, I grew up dancing, and yes, I can dance. And, and my specialty dance is tap. No one's really taken advantage of that in my Broadway career, but, <laughs> but that's say, beside yeah. the point. Right, this right. is not... A tap was not what I was doing when in this audition. It was like ballet, lyrical, Ooh. jazz, Oklahoma dancing. Ooh, no. And I can learn all the moves. Mm -hmm. It just takes me a little time to learn them. But when they're finally up on stage, it looks like I'm a dancer. I just don't have the brain that learns (laughs) it super fast. I have the brain that learns lines really fast. Mm -hmm. That's my brain. I don't have the brain that learns physical movements very fast. So I, I get to this thing and they are moving so fast and I'm like, this is a it's like a freight train of dance. It's it, and I am I am the girl in the back that's looking at the other girl that's trying to keep up. That I mean, this is this is if somebody had a hidden camera and there's like, oh my god, there's hidden camera footage of Laura Bell Bundy at this audition, and I am I am like. Oh, it was a mess. This girl's kit. Every, everything I was doing was like a half second behind everybody else because I was looking at them. And so when, you know, when they break you up into groups of three and they, it was just, I felt, I just, I felt so embarrassed. My face was hot. Like I had shit my pants in front of everyone. (laughs) It was awful. And, you know, and then they're like, you stay, you stay, you stay. And I'm like, well, I'm obviously not staying. And I did, you know, they said, you may go. Yeah. Um, and I, at that moment, I was like, I will never go to a dancer call again, I ever you. in my life. And you know what? I never went on a dancer I, call I, again. I
0: don't blame you because, you know, I will. Look, you were honest with me here. I'm going to be honest with you. I am also uh, an actor that moves and moves. well, <laughs> and I can pick up the call. Co- I can get it. But I mean, I'm the I'm that guy who's like, look, when, uh, for example, I was in there. For the, the the sort of the open call for... And it's not open call, but the sort of, I guess, invited call. But there's like right people right, right. in the room, right? Um, for American Idiot and the replacements for American Idiot. I was in there with guys who had just come off of West Side Story on Broadway.
1: Oh, my Lord Jesus. And I'm thinking...
0: There's no I'm gonna look like an asshole in here and and it's Stephen Hoggett So you're throwing yourself around and you're on the floor and you're head banging and I'm th- I mean I had just come off of I think it was like I don't know women on the verge of a nervous breakdown, which was like uh, Like not even remotely that type of choreography I had never danced anything like that in my life and I swear to god I think I might have shit my pants a little bit and yet I may I was just good enough In order to make it to the next level
1: here here's the thing i'll say is that sometimes you get a choreographer like jerry mitchell Mm -hmm. who likes actors who can dance Mm. meaning he likes people who feel what they are dancing who can create a character through their movement that is something I can do. Right. And so you know if you probably got out there thrashing your head around got some whiplash and they were like hey this is good enough in, for us. He's into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we're, we're like he's super into it this is good you know because really when you watch someone on stage It is about like there are certain people that have passion when they move and dance and when they sing and that's what you want to watch. My friend Tracy J. Edwards, she's a great, amazing dancer, but she also has this thing when she dances Mm. that is so passionate that you're you cannot take your eyes off of her because she's so connected yeah. and um I, and i think that's that's how we get, that's how us movers get through right. we get through the yes. we get through that way yeah. but uh i will say i just anything like i was doing honeymooners and i, I knew it was going to be a lot a lot more dancing um and so i did ask you know with a choreographer send me a video of the choreography yeah. in advance of rehearsal Excellent. and i had i learned it all i hired my friend who is a co- who was also a choreographer mm-hmm. to to break down and teach that to me before i even started the first day of rehearsal and then Sounds um smart. i did sweet charity with kathleen marshall oh, and unfortunately she did not send me the choreography in advance because she hadn't figured out the choreography in advance right But I was like, girl, you, this is all fine. I'm looking at you and I'm doing it in front of you because you're doing it in front of me. But we need to videotape this. And I would be at home, like you said, every moment I had trying to learn it. And then once I learned it, by the way, I still remember it. Once I learned it, it's in my body forever. But." My god, I was like in an airport doing it. Yeah, and that's what I, I mean, that,
0: that's what we do and that's when people like I said before, it's like, oh, it must be nice to work for 3 hours. No, this job is not a job. <laughs> a lifestyle right yeah like, it's amazing i i did uh in transit on broadway with kathleen and we all kind of just made up the, i mean we didn't make it up i mean she really made it up in front of us during the rehearsal yes. process she had an idea of it and some of it was just so off the wall and yeah. <laughs> we filmed it and but yeah it it, it is an absolute lifestyle The question I like to ask performers is, have you ever walked out of an audition room and said something to yourself like this? What just happened? That was terrible. I feel so unbelievably confused right now. Well, believe me, I have walked out of audition rooms and felt the same exact way. And one day I just got tired of it and I started doing research, talking to my coaches and asking myself better questions and finding a better way of going about auditioning and trying to make it fun. And guess what? I found success and then I started sharing that knowledge with my friends and some students and they found success in their auditions and in their careers. And so what I want to tell you today is I am opening up a limited number of slots for private one-on-one online coaching with me. That's right, you can go to AuditionSecrets.com, click a few buttons and then schedule some time to have one-on-one private coaching with me where I share my wisdom, my knowledge, and I tailor it specifically for your needs. We break down your audition, the mindset of auditioning, and we address and correct your biggest concerns around auditioning. And then we go and we work on the song portion of your audition together. We work to make the material shine, to make you shine with my signature technique called the triple threat technique, where we break it down, we dissect the material, we connect you to the material, and then we project the material together to make it just shine, to make you look awesome, to make you feel awesome. It's 60 minutes of fun, growth, and just an awesome time. And I wanna get you results. And I've gotten results for some other people. Um, Jenna Propato, Mia's mom, said, every session brought more and more value. My daughter found Justin exciting and exuberant. Everything was valuable and fun. She got a bigger part, than what she auditioned for. I love, love, love coaching. I love seeing the light bulb go on above students' heads, and I would love to have the honor and the opportunity of coaching you through your next audition and any audition you want me to coach you for beyond that. So all you have to do is go to auditionsecrets.com and hit the little button that says Private Coaching with Justin, and we can set up a session. It is awesome, it is fun, and it is at auditionSecrets.com All right back to my interview with Laura Bell Bundy So you have an audition philosophy tell me about it
1: So now throughout the years I've as I've auditioned granted now I don't go on dance calls and I only go on you know acting or singer calls and then when they ask me to dance then I do that right. um, but that's not the philosophy the philosophy is. We have to do the work, right? So even when we don't get, even if we don't know we have the job, it is our job mm. to do the work before the audition. Right. So what makes me feel, you know, 50% of acting is getting over your fear and so is an audition. And so I'm like, if the fear is there, what helps me get over that fear? Okay. And it's preparation. So I am like, if i the second i get that material i look at it mm-hmm. i go deep dive in it now it's easier for me it's quicker but sometimes it took me a long time and i have i have a friend or something read those lines with me i feel very comfortable mm-hmm. with them i have and i go into that audition and it is about Doing the work it's not about what the people on the other side of the table or the other side of the camera think about what i'm doing It's about me being completely connected to the material that i'm doing and then it's satisfying for me Then i'm like I just did a day's work I I had fun. I played I did what I do and Um, and it's not about whether I got the job. It's about I've I love doing what I do And I just got an opportunity to do it.
0: Exactly. And the only
1: people that saw me do it were the casting people and the director and the producer. Right. But I got to do what I do. Right. And, and then you just forget about it and you don't think about whether or not you got it. And, and the reality is sometimes you end up getting it because you've, you have the abandonment of like the not being so concerned about getting the job
0: right fun 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 this is fun i wrote a book called audition secrets and one of the chapters in there is called this is remember this is supposed to be fun yes totally hello like we we lose sight of that and so you said the fear where do you think for you in auditions what do you think the root of that fear is
1: well it's like the same thing i said about the dance audition it's looking like an asshole (laughs) i do not want i so desperately do not want to look like an asshole that i will prepare so like i will and if i'm not prepared i'll cancel the audition i won't go smart if i do not feel like i can nail this i've got this i'm connected to this um then i don't even want to show that I can't, the the, the non best version of it. Of so course. I I I really do commit, and and then it, it is fun. And the other thing that I love, I used to hate self tapes. Mm-hmm. I love self tapes oh, now. Tell me why? Because I, I hate uh, self taping. Okay, so now when I do a self tape, I make the whole scene happen. I have a glass. You know, if the character's supposed mm-hmm. to have a glass of wine, mm-hmm. I have a glass and I f- I fill it up. I I. I wear. Sometimes I put a costume on. Mm -hmm. Like if I like yesterday, I had something. It was like 1930s. So I did my hair in 1930s, and I had I had to have a wine glass. And I I if I have to be looking around, I pick places to look. I create the scene, and I put myself inside the scene because number one, do I know I'm going to do a better job, Mm -hmm. and also when they're watching it, it's going to be more interesting and more dynamic, and it's so much more fun for me. I'm sure because just to stand there and you know look at the. I, I have so much more freedom. The other thing I can do with a self tape is if I have two ideas for it, um, like, is this character should have an accent or not have an accent? Mm-hmm. Then I can send both versions right. and I don't have to be like, hey, I, I was kind of thinking that this character might have an accent and then hear the casting person say, no, we don't want an accent. Right. I'm just sending you the accent. Mm-hmm. You can take it or leave it, but you might see it and you might like it.
0: Right, and that's, so, you're having fun and you're bringing yeah. your unique perspective to yeah. the And you're actually f- uh, filling up your own cup. I mean, in the sense you did have a cup, but like, you know, you're filling up the scene for yourself, so it's not just this dead thing where you're just talking to air.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I have so much fun with them. Hopefully you have somebody that can read with you and is also good, but, um, and that that's always a challenge. But right. I've started to really have fun Fun with them, and then it feels very satisfying. So it's like you said, it's like having fun. So if you can have fun at your self tapes and make them come alive in a real way, and not uh, for you. Um, you know, I when I auditioned for Scream Queens, mm. I literally put three different versions of the character on tape, Amazing. and then they. And then they offered me the job and I was like, which version? <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. I was like arriving on set and I'm like, I still don't know which version of this character I'm playing. What today. a luxurious
0: but, problem to have though.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but uh <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, that's that's my audition philosophy.
0: You started from six years old auditioning and you've been in some wonderful films in some great tv shows and theater but if there was one sort of great lesson that you've learned either from someone that you've worked with or just from the whole being a part of the whole machine what would that be
1: so i think the biggest thing that i've learned is that i haven't learned everything so There was an epiphany I had when I was doing Legally Blonde and I was, you know, in my 200th show and I um, tried something totally different and got a laugh I'd never gotten before. Mm. And I was like, huh, interesting. As actors, we have never arrived. There is always something to learn. There is always more to discover. In w- within your performance, within your character, there's there's comedy beats you haven't found yet, mm-hmm. even when you're doing 300 shows. Right. There's there's you can be more connected to your material than you were on opening night. You can as you know, you can figure out different things to do vocally. The more times you sing a song because mm-hmm. you get bored of how you were singing Amen. it. It's the same thing with the performances. And I, I that has informed me so much about who i am as an actor and as a performer is that i am the type of person that gets better with time Mm -hmm. um my opening night performance is not the show you want to come see you want to come see my closing night performance because at that point i have figured out where the jokes are where the emotional moments are wh- how to really make it deeper and i just i just l- like to go deeper but and i've also discovered that about other things so if i if i know that i'm doing you know a tv show and i'm i'm not going to get to do this eight shows a week mm-hmm. that scene is going to be over at the end of the day and i can't go back to it mm-hmm. so what can i do knowing that i get better with time to really so i you know the second i get that material i start to go in and do the deep dive and try to perform it as much as possible on my own before i even arrive mm-hmm. have ideas for it things like that just so just because i know there's so much to discover and i don't want to miss out on the opportunity to discover it and so that's what i've learned i've learned that um you, that there is always something to learn and you even if you are the greatest actor of all even if you're Meryl Streep she's still learning things Mm -hmm. she's still discovering that's part of the exciting part of it you know so that's that's my that's my my lesson well I think
0: it's a great lesson too because I think we can tend to forget that in the throes of all the other stuff that we pile and gets piled on top of us in this business but also what i'm hearing underneath what you're saying is that there's a element of fun i know we (laughs) spoke about this but there's an element of fun to all of this and i know that like you said when i've been on stage and i'm in whatever performance uh, you know doing it eight shows a week that not only do does whatever i have going on in my personal life and what even happened that day Do I bring that to the role? But I always bring a sense of discovery and wanting to try new things. I mean not going crazy where I'm gonna I'm gonna screw up my my scene partners, but like, you know, just always having fun. Fun and trying to find the nooks and crannies and, like you said, just discovering new things. And and I, I'll never forget a long time ago, Patti Lapone told me that there was one time where she was doing a show, and it wasn't until closing night that when she said a certain line that she actually understood it and really yeah. truly discovered what it meant. To her and then of course the show is over so right it's a living breathing the material yes. is a living breathing thing and as long as you are in harmony with that and having fun and discovering it 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 can be a, a new show and a new experience and an, an exciting and engaged front foot experience every single night
1: yeah totally i always say like you know we we do plays because we are playing, we do plays, we play music, we, I I really love to play. And I, and a lot of that is, you know, you have to, you have to get over your fear enough to try something new, right? right? And to have those discoveries. So there is that too of like, just pushing through the possibility that if you say it this way, it might not land. Mm But you're going to try something the next night, and it might land or the next take. So this take wasn't great, but you're, you're figuring it out the next take, you're gonna, you're gonna take what you learned from the last take, and you're gonna nail it. it. You just have to, you just have to be fluid enough. Mm-hmm. to not get so rigid and so afraid that you are gonna have egg on your face. So while I don't want to make an asshole of myself, like I said before, I'm willing to on a small scale make us make an asshole of myself within a scene to try to discover what where how far we could go.
0: Yeah, there is yeah. yes, there is there is so much success that waits for all of us just on the other side. Of the willingness to completely fail.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. Totally. That's a right? great. That's a quote. Right? Quote that. Put that uh, on a T-shirt.
0: I'm put it on a T-shirt. I'm gonna put uh, willingness to fail. Okay. Great. Good. Got it done. <laughs> uh, So I just got a few more questions for you. Um, you now are a mother to a beautiful, delicious, beautiful baby. Having a game, a baby is a, a game changer for sure. Um, yes. It, it, so. In the context of our profession, I mean, considering that stability isn't a hallmark of this business, I mean, what? how do you think that motherhood will change your the trajectory, obviously, of your life, whatever, but your career going forward? How do you think Huck will influence your career and the decisions you, you make going forward?
1: Well, you know, I at this point, I, I don't know. I'm starting to see mm-hmm. um uh, yeah, but I was still, I, were doing,
0: I, you still were doing a self tape. You know, I mean, yeah, st- exactly. Not like yesterday, just had, I mean, you just had a baby not all that long ago, and you're still standing in front of the camera and doing your thing. So it's not like you've stopped.
1: Well, well, I, I will, I will say this. This gives you like the general is. I had an audition on Monday, mm-hmm. and and Huck had a temperature. Mm. He had a high temperature for his age, and he had been exposed to someone who was sick. And, and then he had this weird lump on his neck. And when I called the doctor, the doctor was like, Hey, just to be safe, go to children's hospital. So I was like, Oh my God, I'm taking my four week old to the children's hospital, which by the way, is not you have to prepare yourself to walk in and see kids in pain. I mean, it's just,
0: we have one here in in Pennsylvania of of Philadelphia. And it is just like, you, you look at these children who, I mean, it's not like anybody does anything wrong to get any sort of physical health challenge, but like you look at these children, it's like they were born behind the eight ball. And you're like, how, why, why is this (laughs) happening to these innocent, beautiful people? And then you're bringing your child in there on top of that.
1: Yeah. It, it, I, it's, it definitely puts things in perspective in life. And I and I do believe also that having a child is putting things in perspective for me in terms of what's important. Yeah. I didn't think twice to just say, like, I can't go in. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Then I get the response, which was, hey, you've got to Wednesday morning if you want to self-tape. And I'm like, great. <laughs> right. uh, but 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 it, it, this is So the decisions that are happening that I'm seeing is happening is I'm taking my child first before I'm taking my career Mm -hmm. that has never happened. No one has ever been able to do that. And this was the literally like the third audition I've canceled since he's been born or not gone to or whatever. Uh, It's only been four Um, weeks. It's
0: only been four weeks. Okay.
1: I know. And I'm kind of like, why are you sending me these auditions? But it's okay. But. So it, I just happened to have him in a kind of a a busy time. So I, I think what, but here's a good thing. Like the perspective that I'm getting is, uh, my child is the most important and all other things, including my career come second. And that's the first time that's happened as being someone who was sort of thrust into the business as a child, where my career has always been at the forefront. It's really nice to have to not have that be the case. And I believe that what it will do is make me more selective. Is this, is this character, uh, really a character I haven't tried before and I really want to try or that I feel connected to is this material good. Uh, is the money good, you know, whatever, whatever those things are, what's the perfect storm of the thing that makes it worth it to me to, be away from him or bring him somewhere. And, um, so yeah, I'm not going to navigate that, but I'm very fortunate. My, my husband is not an actor. Mm -hmm. And, um, even though he's in the business, he's an executive and, you know, his business, his, you know, there's some, there's more stability than being an actor for his job it's not the most stable thing in the world um because it's still inherently the entertainment business sure. but um but i do think that that allows me to um to, to be more selective when I need to be and to be able to be home and be a mom.
0: I can't wait to hear and see uh, the things that Huck does and the things that you do oh, Lord. in the next in the next year and for the rest of your career. I really can't thank you enough for sitting down and taking the time to talk with me. And, and I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your summer with your sweet, sweet new baby.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Appreciate it. It's always, always nice to talk to you.
0: Yeah, you too. Thanks, Laura. All right. Bye, Dustin. Bye. Well, that does it for today's show. Thank you so very much for listening. Thank you so much to Bell Bundy, for being an awesome guest. For more episodes, my free book, private coaching, and a ton of other stuff, make sure you go to auditionsecrets.com. On next week's show, we have Tony Award-winning producer robin goodman it's going to be a great interview i hope you tune into it in the meantime i'm justin belguarini you've been listening to audition secrets the podcast and remember you're only one audition away thanks for listening